0: Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we're gonna do our final grade of the grading season. Grading Steve Eiserman. We're also gonna give you a little bit of news and notes on the Red Wings side of things, as well as just give you an overall playoff update and you know how we're feeling on it. Locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts of Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Uh, We're just vibing today. Today's just a vibe, you know, big vibes, just big vibes. Uh, thanks for making us your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available on all platforms. Um, yeah, today's a vibe. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Oh, all yeah. every single vibe. Uh, thanks for being patient. We took a little three-day weekend. I was out of town, and the where I was, the internet reception was very
1: poor. So we were like, we haven't missed an episode. Days of, us, uh, of us being a, 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 a duo. We recorded once when you were there, and it was really rough audio quality. That episode yeah. it was pre YouTube days as well. So yeah. yeah,
0: and we were just like, we haven't missed an episode since. It's the Super
1: Bowl. I think the Super Bowl is the last episode we missed. Yeah, it's cause... been months since we've missed an episode. And and Technic, yeah, like people behind the curtain, we're we're a al- lot <laughs> we're allowed to miss like once or two a month. And and uh, well, miss is not even the right word, but you get know what I'm saying. We have a you know a, a... we have a minimum yeah that we're supposed to hit every yeah. month. Um, peek behind the curtain for those. Listening and, up. uh, and yeah, we, I mean, we've just been, we, we haven't missed, uh, we haven't missed a, uh, a weekday in, yeah, literally months. So as a non-playoff team, <laughs> right? <Yeah.
0: laughs> um, anyways, so into the topics for today. So we're going to lead off with a little bit of news and notes on the Red Wings side of things. They made a couple signings, uh, in the, uh, over the weekend. We'll talk briefly about those. They're not like groundbreaking signings or anything. Uh, we're also going to finish up our grades for the season, and then we'll be done, but we need to grade Steve Eiserman as a whole. We're not going to grade the coaching staff because, I mean, with the exception of, like, Alex Tangay, the coaching staff is gone. Um, and then finish off, if there's time, we'll just talk a little bit about playoffs. We haven't talked about the playoffs at all, and some wild stuff's going on. In fact, we're recording right now as the St. Louis and uh, Colorado game is going on. Insane game happening in St. Louis right now. Uh, Nazem Kadri is an absolute menace on the ice. Menace, and, uh, menace, menace, baby! Living, I got it a, going on right here too. Living rent free in every single Blues player's head—it's crazy. Um, but lead things off. So first and foremost, the Red Wings announced an extension for Taro Hiroshi Um, over the weekend, he is getting two more years at eight hundred and fifty thousand per year. Um, uh, my it's the same as he's made this last year. I believe that is the league minimum NHL These contract. Days, yep. My takeaway from that is good for Taro Hirose. He's like I said, when we graded him, he is that replacement level player. If there's, you know, you need an extra body at the NHL level, you know, sans a rookie getting called up. He's going to be the guy you call up to fill the hole. And you know, he's, he fills that role nicely. I, I've, I really don't have strong feelings one way or the other on taro harosi getting a two-year contract extension
1: yeah no i mean look we talk about organizational depth all the time and and uh where he ranks in terms of uh you know how quickly he's going to get called up or whatnot that is different for um you know that 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 will vary from team to team like where you know if Taro Hiroshi was on the lightning like obviously he would be way for, you know further that's an incredibly deep organization um but those replacement level guys are needed in every organization so uh yeah i, I think you know ideally we we'd get some other players to cushion in between Hiroshi and the NHL roster, right? That that yeah, would that would Ideally. <laughs> that that would show signs of the roster improving. Uh but having him as kind of like the, you know, it, that he's needed. He's needed within the organization. Those type of players are needed. Uh and you know, they're they're also valuable in in GR. Like those kind of players are uh, having some some seasoned veterans are valuable in Grand Rapids as well. So, uh yeah, not not anything that's you know mind boggling but I, I i can't imagine that anyone is like up in arms pissed off about like <laughs> like this move but, you know it's organizational depth signing uh sure sure yeah, yeah I mean, good, if- and good for him for real that that's that you know good good for him anytime you're you're kind of a fringe player like that and you can ink in a, a multi-year extension that is a major major accomplishment for your career and for your family so so congrats to him and yeah we'll take it sure
0: well and again like he had four points in 15 games played. He got called up after, you know, a, lot, a lot, bunch of injuries. But he's, he's a good AHL player. He had 53 points in 59 games with the Griffins this year. So he's just going to be one of those guys who is damn good at the AHL level, but just at the NHL level just can't quite. Just like Jamel yes. Smith was. Yep. You know, Jamel Smith's similar. And at the AHL level, he performs really well. But he's just one of those guys who can't quite make that leap because the, the, the skill gap between the NHL and AHL, especially the big thing, is hockey IQ. Like the pace of play is so much faster; you can be able to think the game faster. And
1: Tarasov, yes, the speed and the pace of yeah. the game is is yeah the easily the biggest for sure.
0: And so Horosy is just not going to be an everyday NHLer. But like you said, Scotty, everything you said, one hundred percent agree. He's, he is a. Depth forward through and through gets called up during injury. He'll be down there in ground rapids getting points. And that's all you need out of Taro. See, again, I don't feel strongly one way or the other. Um, the other signing that happened, this one came as a bit of a surprise. I did not see this one coming, but the red wing sign and Arbor native, uh, Steven Comfer, He spent last year with, uh, SK bar. I'm, I'm not really familiar with KHL teams that well. um, I believe that was the only season he's played in the KHL as he spent the rest of his NHL career. Well, I just said it. In the NHL, he got drafted in 2007 by the Anaheim Ducks in the fourth round, uh, made his NHL debut with Boston. He's had stints with Minnesota, Florida, New York, back to Boston before going to the KHL last season. Um, yeah, he's a right-handed depth defenseman who is, what, 33 years old? I, I firmly believe, Scotty, that, He's just an AHL defenseman for the Red Wings next season and will get called up again like Tara Horosi if there's enough injuries to warrant it.
1: For sure yeah I think this uh, these kind of signings you're seeing are more so just uh, a sign that um, there were some roster openings and some holes on the on the Griffins roster more so than anything it says about the NHL team you know Uh, so yeah I, I totally agree and uh, like I said with, with Hirose, man, uh, veterans are are valuable at, at that level. Even, even if they're not, you know, like former all-stars or anything, just having anybody with NHL experience to play at the AHL level is a valuable weapon and a valuable tool to have in that locker room. So uh, again, uh, you know, not some groundbreaking, oh my goodness, we're winning the cup signing, but. Uh, you know, v- valuable. It will should be a valuable signing if everything goes well. So, so sure. And it, you know, kind of cool added storyline of him being from
0: here. Yeah. He's going to be making $750,000 or that's his cap hit at least. Um, So I guess maybe that's the, I, you know, that, you know, I said that uh was is making the league minimum, but here, Conference making $750,000 or $100,000 well, yeah. less. Well, but yeah, cap it,
1: versus everything is all
0: different. You're too. splitting hairs at this point. The, the point being, he's, again, a depth deal. Uh, he has a minor league salary of $300,000, and you know, that's what he'll be making down at the AHL level, which is what we assume he'll be playing uh, most of the yep. year. He only gets paid that seven hundred fifty dollars if he plays at the NHL level, which a handful I, – I can't imagine – you're going into next season with him being on the NHL rosters and everyday defenseman. I he's never no no. He's I, never played in a full NHL season
1: before. Yeah, Scott. no, th- that's definitely not the plan. But it, it, again, this really just comes back down to with this offseason, how many steps away is he going to be? That's that's like the you know what I mean. That's the thing to watch out for with signings like this. Watch out for sounds really dramatic. That's the like the 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 uh like starting point that that's where you, that's your reference point and, and where you uh, as the off season goes on, that's what you're looking at is, is how many, you know, how many steps away from an NHL roster is this dude going to be from here on out or going into next season?
0: And I mean this with all the kindness in my heart, hopefully, hopefully, several steps away from the NHL right. roster yeah, sure. and that's not a shot against him, but it just, no, again, the, depth the signings
1: are important. You, yeah. you need to fill out a, several rosters, not just your NHL one. So yeah. yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm totally for it, but you're also right. As far as the NHL team goes, um, probably should, probably should throw in a few more defense. We should probably bring in a few defensemen this offseason. I think we can all agree on. Oh, <laughs> e- easily, easily. The, one of the biggest needs in the free
0: agent market for sure. Um, Got to talk to you guys today about Athletic Greens. Our next partner is a product you need to use almost every single day. Uh, you need to start using AG1 because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole, fu- fu- whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of your your health athletic greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes, such as Tarek Skubel, who has been absolutely tearing it up with the Detroit Tigers. This season is Skubal, dude. One of the only things that, that, that the uh, Tigers have going for him this season so far uh, trusted by leading health experts, such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are going to transition now into our Steve Eiserman, the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings, giving him our grade on the season. And I'm trying my hardest, Scotty, because, you know, him being Steve Eiserman, him being who he is, I feel like it's really easy to fall into that trap of, like, you know, bias, hardcore bias. You know, there's a lot of history there, and I'm trying to be as objective as possible when looking at what he's done. I guess the first thing I should ask, Scotty is where do we begin his season? Do we start with the 2021 draft and the offseason through the end of the season, or do we strictly speak start of the season through the end of the season? So I feel as if maybe we should do the entire like 2021 offseason leading up to the season because that, for him, is part of his season.
1: Right, so I, I believe that the GM's next season starts at the NHL draft. I, I know. I, so yes, I, I think that because the free agency is after the draft. so I think from from draft, that is like the sign of like, okay, like the next season is starting. that that's how that's that's my eyes. like this previous season's over, next season's starting. So I, I, I think for him we should do NHL draft to game 82. I think I, I'm in complete
0: agreement with you. I think that's the best way to go about it. Um, and he had a really active offseason. Like, I remember being active in the, in the moment, but I forgot just how many deals he made at like the deadline, or not the deadline, the, the draft day, to swap picks and how that caused us to gather guys. I mean, the first thing he did July 16th was trading Richard Panic while retaining 50% of that salary and trading away the 2021 second-round pick that ended up becoming Aturati for Nick Letty. He also acquired Alex Nedeljkovic for Jonathan Bernier and the, tw- the signing rights of Jonathan Bernier and a 2021 third-round pick, um, as well as trading three draft picks during the NHL draft for the 15th overall, which ended up being Sebastian Kosa. Um, plethora of other picks, which ended up landing a shy boom. Uh, Oscar Plandowski, Redmond Savage. Uh, he traded our sixth-round pick baby. for this upcoming draft for Mitchell Stevens. So, and then, of course, the draft, the trade deadline as well. Which was a trading away Stetcher for a seventh, uh, trading away Wikowski and Letty for the uh, second round pick in twenty twenty-three, Jake Wallman, Oscar Simquist, and then trading away Vladislav Nemesnikov with fifty percent retained for a fourth round pick in twenty twenty-four. Also, Nick Letty, we retained fifty percent on that as well, but we're just expiring contracts, it's all negligible. Expiring
1: US. contracts and we have so much cap. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, speaking of which, I noticed this today. Um, I don't want to get off topic. We're about to break down Steve Eiserman's season. Um, but Franz Nielsen's buyout this next offseason goes from four and a half million to five hundred thousand. Wow. So the Red Wings are gonna be getting four million dollars in extra cap space this offseason coming up.
1: Because we already we were so strapped. We needed so much more.
0: It always helps to have more though.
1: Oh, it does. No, I'm (laughs) not it wasn't a wasn't a slight, it's just like we already have so much and now we're getting even more of a boost. That's crazy.
0: But yes, um, when it comes to Steve Eiserman, Scotty, what grade do you give the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings this past season?
1: I mean, it's re- I, I think it's pretty hard not to give him I'm back and forth between an A and an A minus like that's that I think that's where I stand at. I, I don't I don't think it's an A plus because I think an A plus, would have seen a lot more on ice success this season. But I still think that we are set up incredibly nicely and have one of the best future situations in the sport when it comes to teams that are rebuilding or coming out of rebuilds. Um, I I mean, the trade deadline, I I thought, was a fantastic trade deadline. Um, Stetcher, you know, getting anything for him is something. The Letty trade was phenomenal. Vlad, people didn't, you know, you didn't get as much as people wanted for him. And, and but at the end of the day, I, like I, I said this at the deadline, and, I, and I'll say it again. I, I think if, if Vlad isn't like a dude that everybody loves, people aren't all up in arms about moving him for a fourth rounder next year. Like, I don't think his value was too terribly much more than that. Um, and at the end of the day, you, you are whatever the market says you are and if no one was offering any more than that, then that's what it was at, and there was no point in holding on to an expiring deal. So um, I, I think the trade deadline was was a Steve Eisenman victory. I thought the draft was phenomenal. Uh, I think most people thought that that our draft was really good, and I thought that free agency was pretty successful um, based on the players that we re-signed and the, the outside talent that, that we brought in. Um, I, I don't think we had any massive like failures in free agency we didn't make any huge moves but i don't think we had any massive flops that i can think of off top my head in, in free agency this season either um yeah i i mean i, I guess i'll go a minus i guess i'll go because the on ice product could have there was a lot of of uh of room for improvement for the on the ice products but um you know between Raymond making the opening night roster that was obviously a great move uh cider i mean not that there was any chance he wasn't gonna make the opening night roster but like him getting on there's a great move um i don't know just uh it's really hard for me to to give him to give him any worse than that even though i i know a lot of people wanted the season to go a lot better i i, I can't imagine giving him too much worse than than like a 90 uh, i i think that all the moves he made were were in in a vacuum successful yeah. moves it's just a matter of adding all of those up to, to make a successful season now it's really hard to tell too because it's like we we talk a lot about where the expectation is
0: and i feel like steve eisman's sure. bar is so high already just because and again that's where that, that that bias comes in maybe like we all have this in our head that steve eisman is the best general manager in the league and that could very well be true i mean we've seen what he did in tampa um And so a lot what he did this off season was stuff that you would expect him to do, but also I don't think that, okay, he did what you expected to do. He deserves a C because those are the right moves to make in a lot of, in public perception. I mean, the biggest splash he made in free agency was what? Signing Pew Suter to a a two-year deal. I mean, that he got a temporary second line center and Pew Suter is fine. Extending Robbie Fabry. He bought out Franz Nielsen this past off season as well. Um, uh, Drafting Simon Edmondson, which again was a, question mark and same with uh and when I say question mark I don't mean like we were questioning it but th- there are other guys on the board people wanted he did that again and Simon Evanson had a phenomenal year over in the SHL Sebastian Kosa's not the goalie that everyone wanted people wanted uh Wellstead. in mm-hmm. fact Wellstat was interviewed you on you don't have podcast. to tell this fan base yeah you don't
1: have to tell this uh this this podcast community yeah. but going go and
0: look at what Kosa's doing in the WHL playoffs he's absolutely yeah. killing it he's been phenomenal and so you know the things that he does Continue like even the, the things that fans might question at the moment end up seeming to b- be good things. And there are plenty of things that like haven't worked out. Like I don't think really S- Mitchell Stevens trade has really worked out that well. But you gave up a sixth round pick. So you did not really lose anything. I mean, I think the biggest loss that the Red Wings have gotten in a trade was and this is hindsight, but you know, you gave up a second round pick for Nick Letty and that second round pick became Al Tolerati and he's been fantastic, you know, um, in his development. But you ended up recouping that second-round pick and two players in return. Okay. So, like, it's not that big of a loss. I mean, I guess you could make the argument for the fourth-round pick for N- Nesdaqal, but he didn't hasn't lost really anything. He's only been gaining. And, like, some of the assets he's been gaining, yeah, might just be depth pieces, but they're all really good. And the he's been gaining, what I would argue, blue-chip prospects on the way in Simon Edison. So, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, it's got to be at least, like, a 90%, an A-, because... Well, he's been meeting the expectation for a lot of things, that expectation was to continue to build the roster and right. the team excelled, but he's also made tough and, and the team's also, you know, failed at some things as well, but he's put the team in the best position moving forward. And he's, he's made those tough calls as well. I mean, Part of being a general manager isn't just trading guys and signing guys. It's also firing your head coach when he doesn't meet right, your expectation. I after getting firing
1: Blashill, I think is a win. Like
0: yeah, so it's it's hard to grade the general manager because there's so much that goes into it, and it's so hard to just confine everything that Eisenman does to a letter grade. But I do think the best grade we can give him is like an A minus, and I think to get like an A plus, he would have to go out there and make some. I mean, like last season, for example, an A plus Iserman year was trading Mantha for um right. two first round picks and a or a first and, and a second and of Jacob Verana. I mean that that is an A plus season for Steve Eiserman. But he also, you know, did acquire Alex Delkovich for, you know, a draft pick and the rights to Jonathan Bernier, who then went on a sign with the Devils instead. So I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling here. It's just really hard to give the letter grade, but if I have to give a letter grade, I got to give it. And this is just pure gut feeling a minus like it's yeah. it's in that a range, but nothing this season has me saying, okay, well, this was, you know,
1: you know, phenomenal. No, I, I agree. Like I said, I, th- there wasn't that, that big shocking, um, like, oh my goodness, like Steve master masterclass. I mean the Letty deal, I guess, but you know, that 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 still wasn't of the magnitude of of like a like a crazy high end acquisition, so it kind of lacked that, I guess. And and like I said, the the on the ice product still wasn't great. Um, but I, that's part of the rebuild, right? Right. That that's that that's. I think I, I don't think that that's too terribly much his fault for this season. I mean, he you know <laughs> look at what he took over. Uh, so I I, I think that. At the end of the day, going into this season, we wanted to see a step in the right direction. we saw a big step in the right direction. we saw the young kids come up and produce we saw more trades that we won um, we saw another good draft that that sounds like uh, about an A or an a minus to me.
0: yeah, I think that's you summarize it really well an a minus simply because the team continues to take a step in the right direction and that is because of what Steve Eisman is doing That is the most succinct way of saying it after. 10 minutes of me rambling on <laughs> um, our partners at bet online continue the, to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's basketball playoffs major league baseball scores fights and even next year's NFL futures Bet Online is continuing to be your number one source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more out of the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action Bet online where the game starts um, so now we're finally done with all our grades. Iserman getting an a minus being the final one. Yeah. One segment left here, Scotty, and something we haven't really talked about so far. And I think a lot of that is because we're like, we got to find a way to spin it red wings. And it's just like, let's just talk playoffs. Yeah. The NHL playoffs have been going on and they have been absolutely phenomenal. The first round is really exciting. Um, in a lot of different ways, but the second round you have the, Battle Florida, which just wrapped up today, with the Florida Panthers ending up getting swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning, despite the Panthers actually showing up to the to the rink today or last night. By the time you are listening to this, to play and outshooting the Lightning by almost double, Andre Vasilovsky, being Andre Vasilevsky, stood on his head, unreal, and made I mean, some saves. People in the current, I had uh, in my bracket, I had a Florida making the cup. Yeah, me too. But see, and this is where this is where my hesitancy was with the the Panthers is on paper. I mean they won the president's trophy. On paper, they're the best team, but the one area they lacked was playoff experience. And we've seen Absolutely. it time and time again. And it's, it's so easy to say this in hindsight. I picked them to you know go to the cup final. I can't remember if I picked them to win or not.
1: I had it them was, winning
0: uh, I had them winning the cup in six. Against who? <laughs> it was it the Avalanche? Because I picked the Avalanche in the
1: West. I think it was the Avs. You I had like 99% of the other. I haven't looked at it since I knew after the first round that it was toast, but <laughs> uh, dude, <laughs> I think it, it might have been the Avs. These these playoffs have just
0: been so wild. And yeah, the uh the Panthers like lacked that playoff experience and we saw it with the Colorado Avalanche a few years ago when they were an up and up and coming team, they're getting knocked out and they were getting frustrated because they just it's a big deal in hockey, man. That the playoff it's a the really playoffs, big the playoffs it's and it's another cliche but the playoffs are such a different sport. I remember watching I think
1: a, truly I I think in, when it comes to on ice field court play Hockey is the most different from regular season to postseason. Like, baseball has different management styles, but the game still remains, you know, the same level of play. It's (laughs) just, you know, like you you go to your bullpen quicker. Like, that that's, like, the big thing. Um, Football is, is, I mean, maybe, I guess, maybe a little more intense. But, like, football is a pretty damn intense game. I feel like that's pretty much the same. You only have a 17-game season. You got to play – you know, all out every single game. That that's pretty close to the same game. Uh, basketball. I, I mean, basketball playoffs don't even start until the conference finals. In my eyes, like it's hockey. Truly, is like the sport where in in the postseason it is different, man. Oh, like, it is. It is different, different, and that experience goes a long way. And and it, I think it is a cliche in other sports. But I don't think it's a cliche in hockey. Like I, I think that it is very much like that that's real. Like you need playoff experience. You, you, you sit it.
0: down and you watch a Red Wings hockey game at the end of the season. And I granted like they're not playing for anything at this point, so the intensity might be a bit lower. You sit down and watch a Red Wings playoff game against the Devils to end of the season. And then a week later you right. turn on game one, round one. And I remember t- watching Tampa Toronto, and that was a great series in round one. And just being like, I miss <laughs> this so much. By the way lol Leafs. they actually played a good game in game seven they just couldn't get it done i don't
1: remember who it, was. it might have been Jay fresh i don't remember who it was but somebody put like all the advanced numbers out there and toronto like analytically outplayed tampa in game seven in game
0: vasilevsky
1: yeah time time and this amazing again. well and this is where the also the playoff experience thing comes
0: in like the 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 Lightning, out of the last three years, so they won the Cup back-to-back years, they look the worst they have.
1: Not that yeah, they look the bad, season, yeah. but
0: by comparison, they, they look the worst they have. They look like they really have, like, Stanley Cup fatigue. But they have that experience. They know how to play in the playoffs, and I think that does go a long way. And I'm not trying to, you know, shortchange how good their roster is. They're phenomenal. Oh, no, it's phenomenal, yeah. But you you take a team that just won back-to-back Cups, and you face them against the Panthers, who might have been President's Trophy winners, but haven't gotten out of the first round since the nineties is the first time they've gotten out of the first round since 1996. Yeah. And, and you put and them back to back champs, man.
1: It's tough for sure. And, and like, we, you know, everybody loves to clown on the leaves for sure. And, and I do too. And it's hilarious, but like that is, that is for my money, Toronto has the deepest forward group in the entire NHL. That is oh. an unbelievably talented forward group from line one to line four. And to go in and come back in a series and win like that, like that, like it's unreal. And then turn around and, and follow up a seven-game series like that, and, and turn around and then sweep. just all right, and then sweep. Nuts, man. And I mean, For it just goes to
0: show too, nah. like it doesn't. Once you get to the playoffs, it doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. Like the Panthers oh, dominated nah. well, the entire the year, regular season.
1: Twenty sixteen or seventeen? Was that the the, uh, the Preds were the 16th seed and made the cup. like that. Well, like and that the Kings sucked. in two, the 2012 were the 8th seed in and the, the West. The Blues were the worst team in the NHL at the All-Star break. Yeah, and won the cup.
0: in 2019. <laughs> a really, the playoffs are Wild. completely – it's a start of a new season.
1: Did you and see it, Sunquist was at the Blues game, by the way? I'm not surprised. He, he was wearing like – I forget what shirt he was wearing. So, some ode to somebody on the team. I don't remember who, though. I wonder if he's at this. Uh, but yeah, game. and like the official blues account literally tweeted like Sonny is here, like you know, whatever. It was super funny.
0: <laughs> I wonder if he's still uh if he's at this game right now that's happening while we record, where Kadri just scored a hat trick against the Blues. Yeah, he
1: what did I what did I say?
0: Oh, I thought you said it was at the last blues game.
1: Oh, this is Oh game no, pretty. this well, is the first last game. night for when they're listening to this. Oh, Tonight, Yeah. As Never mind. Recording. I'm an idiot, yeah. so don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I no got he's confused. literally there right now. Isn't that wild?
0: <laughs> yeah, watching Kadri drop three. Oh, God. That's... And you know what's funny? He's coming into this series, and in, into the second round. I was like, Kadri's Avalanche nice, Blues man. is going to be the most boring series. I was like, the Av- Blues just aren't that good I like right now. I can't mean, stand the St. Louis Blues. I can't stand them either. I was like, oh, God, they're just going to blow them out. And they kind of are. But like the drama with Ka- Kadri and Binnington oh, yeah. has been, well, like there's there's a lot of layers to it. But we don't got to get into that.
1: How but about the Battle of Alberta in a playoff
0: series? Electric I, factory. I want McDavid to win a Stanley Cup so bad, sure. but I also don't want the Oilers to win a Stanley Cup because I don't want to validate anything that Ken Holland's doing out there. Because huh, if, it just, just the idea that Duncan Keith at, like, what, 38 years old and Mike Smith at 40 years old is Ken Holland's idea of surrounding right. McDavid with, enough talent to win a cup
1: is ludicrous face? to me
0: and if so and evander kane and evander man. kane is I very talented hockey. by what's his face i don't want to say yeah. his name <laughs> listen he's he's really good at hockey he's just a complete prick off the ice um yeah but at least there's an argument to be made there that you you made that signing to win hockey games if you try well you he certainly did hard that
1: hard. And, and like
0: you just can't ignore what he is off the ice that's right for sure
1: it's um I want McDavid to win a cup really badly. Um he's been unreal in the postseason, by the way. Just... Good mother of Moses. Unbelievable. Um But my thing is I have way too much fun clowning on my Canadian friends for the streak. That oh, I, yeah. like wow. uh, that that's my thing. <laughs> like all of my friends north of the border, I have way too much fun clowning on them for <laughs> for the streak that, um, that that's my biggest thing is I like I want David to win more than the next guy. I, I love the man, but, um, yeah, I, I would really like the the no Canadian team to win the Cup streak to continue at the same time.
0: Uh dude, I honestly I'm kind of I get it because Canadian like Canadian hockey fans are so like pretentious. That's the nice word to use. Pretentious about hockey. It's honestly, like they, it's mostly they, Toronto, but like it is yeah, mostly Toronto. But like Canadians you know. fans can get there. Oh, I have had enough, fans enough for sure. Oilers for sure. fans can for sure because you know
1: they have that up. You know like, who has a nice fan Gutsky. base? The Ottawa Senators. Uh,
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if any fan base is nice. Like, no, I, I don't think Red Wings single- fans are great, but we're also Red Wings fans.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think there's a single fan base in sports that is like, oh yeah, they're all nice. That doesn't exist. So,
0: yeah, but I mean, out of these four series that are going on right now, and Carolina, and you know, Shisterkin putting the Shisterkin and Kreider. Putting the Rangers on their back to finally get them their first win of that series, but Carolina just being what Carolina is. Yep, all, all four of these series
1: going on right now are so good, so good. I, man, I, I'll tell you what, the the Battle of Alberta, it's that that wild. whole series is some of the most fun. That I've, first game was like that. 96? That takes playoff hockey to like even another level that it's already at to me. Like it's it's so crazy, man. Did you see I, I Lucic mean,
0: run Smith the other day? By the way
1: oh how about we need to give um how about the stars series how about that oh, Ottinger, game? yeah I, we need to give it, ottinger some props man
0: dude dallas got outplayed in every single one of those games and the only reason they made it to seven games is because of ottinger with a what a nine five five save percentage in the first round yeah. absolutely unreal and then right after that their head coach stepped down yep he's Tough like week. Yeah. Tough, tough week for Dallas Stars fan. Although I, I hear a lot of them are kind of soured on him, anyways, saying saying that he's the reason why Ottinger had to put the team on their back. But I That's miss it. it.
1: I miss I, it too, man. That's the that, biggest thing. Whenever I watch playoff hockey, I'm just like, I miss it, man. Just I miss it so much.
0: It's just it's so different, man. I I cannot. You know what's
1: crazy? I was in college. I was in college the first time the Red Wings did not make the postseason in my entire life. I was in college.
0: I mean, I was born in ninety six, yeah. So same thing. I mean, I was I graduated college in twenty eighteen, so twenty seventeen was the first year they missed. So yeah, I was a junior in college when they missed for the first time.
1: Yeah, I was. It was my. That would have been the end of my twenty seven. It was sixteen seventeen. They missed, right? Yes. So that was that was exactly my freshman year at college. Yeah, I just I was in my I was in the dorms and I remember the chase actually. Yeah. I was so You're dorm. such a
0: baby compared to me.
1: Yeah, you're old, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're just we're we're just we're just Who still? you got one in it? Let's end on that. Who you got one in it? Now? Yeah.
0: Oh, this is tough take. Um That's such a good question because all the teams left are so good. I, I gotta I gotta go with Colorado, but I could see Connor McDavid dragging that team to the playoffs or to the well,
1: like, and like Calgary's nuts. Like you yeah. can very well see Calgary. The, the problem is is Markstrom be, like, is struggling this series. That's true. That's true. But like Calgary's got a, got a crazy forward core too, man. Like that's yeah. I don't know. I, I would, I would probably still lean Colorado too, just because, but um, yeah, that, there's, there's a lot of good hockey teams left and a lot of good hockey still to be played. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. So
0: thanks Megan, for Lockdown Ruddings. Your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen locked on NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup Kiss, Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from your local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Scotty, and I'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Might be a little bit of a, a little bit of evergreen content for you guys. Same time, same place. To your team every day. Every day.